Tonight is going to be, uh, I think it'll be a little bit different. Again, it's called Tactics. We talked about this last week, and this is the book. If you got the book and you're looking at it, we'll be working out a chapter three somewhat-ish tonight. Um, just really pulling the ideas from that. Um, is there anybody that has the gift of evangelism here in the room? Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I mean, I mean, how hard is it to get into a gospel conversation sometimes? I mean, have you ever had that? You're just like, man, I really feel like the Lord's leading me. Other than this jumping in with both feet, you know you're going to hell. And I got an answer for you. Which, I'm, I'm, you know, that's not a great way to do it. I'll just tell you, I've done that before, and it's, it, it never really ends well. Um, and so, it, what, I mean, what's the biggest struggles that you have getting into a gospel conversation? Okay. What's that? Courage. courage. Okay, courage. Well, when I worked, it was a grievance if you brought up religion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I literally had an HR person, a regional HR person, when I was with Target stores. They kind of called me up, and they would say, "Hey, Rick, man, you know what? If you could just not talk about." religion and politics you know it, you'd make my life so much easier right and I'm like well I said I rarely talk about politics and they're like yeah but you're always talking about Jesus and if you could it's just you're just causing me a lot of problems and so I made you know, one of my snarky comments that I know you're surprised that I would make a snarky comment. But anyway, and so I said, I, you know, I'll try to do better. I'll try to do better. And so, um, so yeah, sometimes, you know, we work in places where it's just not, it's not acceptable. It's not allowed. And you could possibly even be terminated by doing that. Uh, what else? What other reasons kind of keep us from, so courage, workplace environment doesn't allow us? Yeah. Not knowing where to start. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get into conversations like, how do I turn this to the gospel? Man, I th- we've all experienced that. And sometimes it's just fear overwhelms me. And which is kind of funny because I usually don't care what people think about me. But when I get into that situation, I start thinking, well, what are they going to think about me? And Jesus is like, look, you don't care. Just tell them. But what we're going to learn tonight, man, if we, you can learn to, and I was going to say master, you don't even need to master what we're going to talk about tonight and next week. Man, if you can just get moderately well at it, you will get into more gospel conversations using what we're going to talk about. You will be blown away at how often you can get into a conversation and at work, you can, you can use this at work. I've learned to do that. Well, not that I have to use it here at work, but in every conversation. And so that's the thing I want to encourage you about is, man, learning this, it's, it's not difficult. It's not rocket scientist. You don't have to be a professional in the ministry. You don't have to have a PhD. You don't, nothing like that, right? You just 
Well, we're going to get into that, but it's going to be, it's beautiful. Now, what we are going to do tonight, there's going to be several sections where there's going to be table time, and so it's not going to work well if there's one person at your table. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, you could have a conversation with you at your table. It's going to be a little weird, okay? It's going to be a little weird. So you may want to partner up and get at a table where there's at least one other person, okay? And then we will we'll kind of get started. But let me open this up with a word of prayer. Blessed Father, Lord, we just come before you. And Lord, you are so good, and you are so glorious, and you are so holy, and that you call us your children. What a privilege and what an honor that is. And Father, we... We just want to be conformed more into the image of Jesus. We want to be faithful with what you put before us today, and this week, and this life, O oh Lord, um, that we would be equipped. We would be prepared to go out and to extend your kingdom wherever we go. And so we just pray for a fresh filling of the Spirit tonight, Lord. Fill us with unity. Fill us with joy. Fill us with your peace and understanding. And Lord Jesus, we ask all of these things in your mighty and matchless name. Amen. All right. So... Gage and Golter Tactics, again, it's, <clears throat> I think I already said this, it's this book here, it's for sale in the bookstore, cheaper than Amazon, I think I said that last week. Um, all right. Shame was coming next, right? <laughs> Man, so what is tactics? Man, what is tactics? Man, it's a simply, it's the art of asking questions. It's the art of asking questions. <clears throat> and if you can learn, like, and if you're, if you're somebody that doesn't like to talk a lot, man, just learn how to ask questions and, and you have to talk very little. You know, again, I've got a daughter. She could talk the spots off of a leopard. This never enters her mind. Well, why would I do that? <laughs> that means they're going to start talking, right? So what's the purpose of Tactics. Right? Tactics allows us to engage the culture in conversations without being pushy, arrogant, or unkind. Right? And, and Bart and I were just talking a little bit, and he, had, you know, he was telling me, it's just, man, it's, it's, it's everything, in, in, it's individualism, it's this rugged individualism that kind of settled America, and, but it's all about me. Right? Wasn't there a Toby Keith song or something? Let's talk about me. Right? It's all about me. And so we do want to talk. And let me tell you what, this whole idea is, it's like, if you got a problem, I'll tell you how to fix it. And that's just kind of that American idea. A good friend of mine, he was, he was on a mission trip, and, and he was telling me this story, and he was just having a problem really connecting with somebody as he was just trying to get into a gospel conversation. I said, well, tell me how, how to go. And he said, well, this person just, he asked me a question about God or something. And I just said, let me tell you about God. And I'm like, I, I, can, I think I know. You don't have to tell me anymore. I think I know where this went south, right? I said, Americans, we always want to tell people. We want to tell them how to fix their problem. And, you know, and whether you're actually pointing your finger at somebody or not, you know, sometimes we just say it and you might as well point your finger at them because it's the same thing. But if we learn to ask questions, right, we don't want to come across pushy, arrogant, and unkind. Right? We Christians get right, we, we get a bad enough name without being that way. And so it's just important that we we approach people with gentleness and with kindness and with grace. Um, and again, asking questions, 
And again, you can, look, trust me, I know, I can ask a snarky question. And, you know, it just drips with snarkiness. But again, that's not the point that we're after here, is we're trying to get these into gospel conversations. So one, tactics allow you to guide the conversation by asking right questions. You know, when you first start out, you're like, man, I'm just doing good to ask a question. And that's a good place to be. But the more you do this, the more you practice it, the more you learn things. It's like, okay, I now know what Kevin believes. I can begin to ask questions that will guide that conversation to where I know a weak spot is in his belief system. And so by asking the right questions, I can, I can get us there. Starting out, I didn't have that. It was just, man, I'm just asking a question. And he talks, and I think, oh, well, uh, I need another question. And so it may take you 30 minutes to get there. But when you, when you get good at it and you can guide the conversations with your questions, you can get to the core issue in, in five minutes by asking the right questions. But we're not just asking to get to the point, right? We want to sincerely listen. We want to we want, to, we want to care. You know, we don't want to think about our next response. Ask a question and listen, right? And so Jesus asked questions, right? 339 of them in the Gospels. I didn't count them. I just Googled that, okay? And that's what it said. So I, I didn't look at Wikipedia, but I did trust the source that it came from. And so it may not be 339, but he asked a bunch of questions. I can tell you that, right? He asked lots of questions. So why did he ask so many questions? Well, one, asking questions that helped him to initiate conversations. The woman at the well. It helps to initiate conversations. It helps to build relationships. We were at a little little party. It's probably been several months ago, and and uh, I was going through the Colson Fellows, and we were just kind of getting back in together, the, the group that graduated, and, and the lady that led us, her husband. I, I, I think that might have been the first time we met him. Um, so after 10 months, we finally meet this lady's husband. And so I just overheard, I said, oh, he loves beagles, because we have a beagle. So we were talking, oh, my husband loves beagles. And, and so, oh, okay, that's great. So I just logged that away. And so later on in the evening, we were just chatting, and I said, hey, I understand that you... You got you love beagles and trained them and stuff when you're young. Oh yeah, man! Over the next fifty, I learned more about beagles and training them than I ever wanted to know. But he was excited. He was excited to tell me about beagles and training and all of that other stuff. And so that was his passion. Like I said, I, I didn't have to talk anymore. I just gave some nod. And, oh wow, really, man? That's interesting. A few of those and. It, the conversation. He just carried the whole conversation, and I'm just learning things. Well, that's what happens with tactics. That's what happens with tactics. Oh, that's Kelly Brown. Hey, how are you doing? It's been a while. This guy's great. He's awesome. Yeah, thank you very much. Keep Kelly. Keep Kelly. Give him a hand. Not a standing ovation, but just a hand. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Kelly. I was, it's been a while since I've... Never mind. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on, right? <laughs> Please do, right? 
Man, Jesus asked questions. It forced people to think about what they said. It forced people to think about what they said. Right? And again, my wife and I will be having some conversations. She'll ask, and they'll literally, sometimes she'll say, well, what did you mean by that? And I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> you know, I mean, it leaves me pretty quick. I mean, I mean, it's just, man, before it's even out of my mouth, it's out of my head, it's gone. But anyway, right? But for most of the time, it can force you to th- people to think about what is it that they just said. Okay? Um, it creates conversation. Jesus asked questions to create conversation. And it's to lead people to their own reflection or their ideas or their statements to think about that, right? I mean, the best way to get somebody to a new point of view is if you can ask questions and they can arrive there by themselves. That they can arrive there by themselves because then they own it. Oh, man, I never thought about it like that. As opposed to me arguing them to that point. Okay? So they can come to that conclusion on their own. So Colossians 4, 5 through 6, it says, Conduct yourself with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Let it be graceful. Be seasoned as salt. Right, that we leave those fresh fragrances and ideas, right? That when we talk with people, it's the fragrance of Christ that's upon us. And not just, the, you know, the burden of the world. Not just the burdens of the world. All right. <clears throat> Who's heard of Colombo? Oh, my stuff. <laughs> DJ. Do you know who Colombo is? Are you, are you even a Christian? You don't know who Colombo is? Oh, my gosh. Now I know why only 4% of the adult population has a biblical worldview. Don't even know who Colombo is. Well, I'm going to introduce you. To, you're going to learn a little bit about Colombo tonight, right? This is Colombo. There's Colombo. The world's greatest detective after Sherlock Holmes. Okay? Oh, oh one more thing before I forget. Oh, listen, there's one more thing. Uh... Oh. What, something else? I don't know what's the matter with me. Uh, one other thing uh, the angle of the bullet. Oh, Mr. Franklin, uh, actually, uh, there is one thing. Oh, well. Uh... One thing I almost forgot. Yeah. Oh, General, uh, talking about work, uh, there's a couple of loose ends I'd like to tie up. Nothing important, you understand, but... Uh... Oh, listen, one more thing. Uh, it just, it'll just take a second. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Um, oh, there's one little thing. Um, um, oh, there is one thing that I did want to ask you, sir. Oh. Mr. Clayton. Gee, I almost forgot. This is fascinating. There's one other thing I wanted to talk to you about. It's rather personal. Oh, listen, there's one other thing I wanted to ask you about. I'm sorry to bother you. Getting you the I vibe? just wanted to ask you one more question. <laughs> what is it? Oh. 
there's one thing I almost forgot. Do you have another minute? Oh, oh sir. Listen, a couple of things. One more thing. I got one more question, and that's Columbo. That's his whole thing. I mean, we'll still, man and I, will still watch it. We still just die over it. I mean, and it's just, it's just hilarious. But once you get beyond that, you're like, wow. That's just TV. It doesn't work. We're going to see that it does work. This is Greg Kokel. He's with Stand to Reasons Ministry. Um, he wrote this book, Tactics. Awesome guy. His website's great. He's got a ton of resources, uh, classes. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff that Greg Kokel puts out there. Uh, avail yourself of it. Go to his website. Read his stuff. He's great. Okay? He's going to be, well, here. Now, this first tactic is one that I call the queen mother of all tactics. It's the tactic I use more than any other. It's a very, very effective tactic when combined with other tactics. It's the simplest tactic imaginable to stop a challenger in his tracks and to turn the tables and to get him thinking. It's an almost effortless way to put you in the driver's seat. And I call it the Columbo tactic. Now, you remember Lieutenant Columbo. You know, he's that... Uh, He's that detective on TV. He's got that uh, certain way about himself. He's got this old trench coat he wears. You know, looks like he slept in it. Maybe he did. You know, he's got that uh, stub of a cigar, right? And a uh, little pad of paper. You know, but he's never got a, a pencil. He's always got to be digging around for his pencil. He can't find it anywhere. And he walks around the crime scene scratching his head, looking kind of stupid. I mean, this guy looks stupid, but he's stupid like a fox. He looks like he can't think his way out of a wet paper bag, but he's got a plan. And at some point, you'll see him. You know how he does that. He'll be walking around totally befuddled, scratching his head, thinking. And at some point, he stops, and he says something like this. I don't know. There's something about this thing that bothers me. Do you mind if I ask you a question? You know how he does that, right? And he gets his answer back. Oh, yeah, well, you're very intelligent. One more ting. And then he one more tings them to death, right? Question after question after question. And people get annoyed. And he says, I know I'm driving you crazy, but I can't help myself. It's a habit. And this is a habit that you ought to get, in, get into. The key to the Colombo tactic is using carefully selected questions to disarm the other person and to pro productively advance the conversation. Listen, if you don't know where to go in any particular circumstance, you find yourself stonewalled, just ask a question. Never make an assertion when a question will do. Don't start preaching at somebody right away. Try to find some way to advance your point by using questions instead. And with a little planning and a little practice, this can become second nature. Now, this approach offers tremendous advantages. Uh, questions, for example, are interactive. Uh, they invite others to participate in, uh, in what you have to say. Um, questions can make headway without even having you expose your point of view. You know, I encourage people who are at work and they're not allowed to witness 
tell people about Christ or talk about religious things, that instead of talking about it themselves, it's just to ask the questions. Because when you ask the questions, you're not stating your point of view. A question also can serve to shift the burden of proof on the other person if they're making the claim. But most importantly, these questions, using the Colombo tactic, keeps you in the driver's seat. Now, some of you might know Hugh Hewitt. He's a national uh, broadcaster, a conservative guy, great Christian guy, and a fine ambassador for Christ. And he's written a tremendous little book called In But Not Of. And it's uh, got 60 or so chapters. They're all short vignettes that are meant to instruct you on how to be a more effective ambassador for Jesus Christ, essentially. And one of his chapters is entitled, Ask at least half a dozen questions in every conversation. Now, why does he say that? Because he knows that when you ask the questions, the other person actually thinks you're kind of interesting and a good conversationalist. You're drawing them out, but they think you're, uh, you're the interesting one. Interested is interesting. But secondly... Um, when you ask the questions, you are the one that is in control. All right, questions? That's kind of what we're going to cover tonight. Yeah. All right. So he says, ask carefully selected questions is the key to creating a bridge to the gospel. That's not exactly what he said, but that's kind of where we're moving towards. And so, and that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to get to gospel conversations. And so, like I said, asking questions can get us there. Um, next, man, it's a friendly, caring way of drawing people into a deeper conversation without being confrontational. Without being confrontational. You know, we had, again, I, I might have mentioned it last week, there was a guy that came in, an agnostic, and um, so I was, I, I got to, have, to talk with him a little bit for about an hour, and um, and it was good. I, I knew him before, and we talked before. And I gave him some stuff and said, you know, let's we'll get together again, and if you want, and call me, text me. And and so I left, and I went to a meeting. And so then a little bit later on, he hung around, and then there was another pastor that was that was talking to him. You know, and I was trying not to hang around and make faces, and you know, and that kind of stuff. And and some of the ladies in the bookstore said, you really need to go out there and help him. And I'm like, hey, you know, that's how you teach a kid to swim, right? Throw them in. They'll learn a lot. And so he finished the conversation, left. And so I went to this pastor after that. And I said, hey, man, how'd it go? That guy was so frustrating. We don't want to feel like that, okay? We, we've all felt like that in conversations. We've all felt like that in conversations where it's like, they weren't listening, they weren't listening. And that's okay. You know, not every conversation goes well. I've had conversations and they were disasters. You know, it's like, okay, no, don't do that again. Right? And it's okay. The more we have the conversations, the more we ask questions, the better we get at tactics. <clears throat> he says, never make a statement when a question will get the job done. I love that. Never make a statement when a question will get the job done. So there's three tactical questions. <clears throat> we'll get through at least one of them tonight. Um, and this is the first one. 
The first question is, is what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? And this is the first question for one reason. It's because we currently live in a world where, man, words may be common words, but they may have a different meaning, right? Where we're just using a different dictionary. And you think you're having conversation, and you walk away, and you think, well, we talked a lot, but I'm just not really sure what was accomplished. It's because you're using same terms, but a different dictionary. Right? Healthcare. Everybody should have healthcare. And we could have that conversation about how everybody should have healthcare. But depending on who you're talking to, healthcare equals abortion. And so unless we kind of get that hammered out and figure out what, what are the terms we're using and how are we defining those terms, we're really just spinning our wheels and we're not, we're not accomplishing anything with that. So what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? That should be our first question to ask. Right? So when we ask this question, right, we're, we're seeking for clarity or we're looking to gain additional information. And so when I ask that question, hey, what do you mean by that, Don? And then he starts explaining that. Man, and I'm just starting to peg worldviews at that point in time. I'm listening to him, what he means, because I want to have that clarity. But for me, I'm just naturally, okay, what's this, what's this worldview? Where is Don coming from? Right? And while I'm learning that and, and doing that, it helps me frame up, okay, what's the next question that I want to ask? Once I kind of get a gauge on his worldview, or I may not get one in the response, I may ask another question about something that he just said. Well, well, you, you said love is love. What does, that, what does that mean? What does that mean? And so I'm just asking these questions and I'm listening because I want to understand your perspective. And it's also going to help me know how to respond with the next question. Okay, we good? What do you mean by that? When we ask that question, right, we're, we don't want to misunderstand or misrepresent the person's view, right? When we deal with logic, there's a thing called the straw man argument where we set up a position for my opponent that my opponent doesn't even hold, right? And so I can easily defeat it. So I can easily defeat it. Well, you're just like all the other flat earthers out there. And, well, I'm not a flat earther. Right? So we don't want to set up a false position that's out there. We want to really understand where they're coming from. Where they're coming from. Right? And so I would ask, well, help me understand that. You're right. I don't understand that. Help me understand. So I can, I can have better clarity. I can have better understanding. So I can, I can understand where you're coming from. I want to know. And so we're just having these questions, we're asking these questions, we're having this conversation, right? By asking, what do you mean by that? It also encourages the person to think more carefully or precisely about the statement that they made. They now have to think about, oh, what did I just say? Again, I'll get in the conversation, I'll bring something up, and the person's like, well, I didn't say that. Oh, I thought you said that when you said, and then I'll just repeat the phrase. 
I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. You said it twice. Oh, is that not what you meant? Well, no, no, I didn't mean that. I, I wasn't speaking clearly. Well, what is it that you meant? Help me understand. And again, I'm not trying to carry the conversation. I'm just trying to move it along so that person can come and tell me more. I'm not trying to dominate the conversation, I should say. Um, all right. So this will be some table time. Okay. So I'm going to put up a phrase on the board. I will read it. And then what I want you to do is to write down your response. Okay. I'm going to put it, on the, put it up on the screen. I'm going to read it. And then I'll say, go. You got... I want you to write down your response, okay? So here, here it is. Jesus is a work of mythology with no historical substantiality. The accounts of Jesus as recorded in the New Testament are simply myths borrowed from pagan folklore, such as the stories of Osiris, Dionysus, Adonis, Addis, and Mithras. The claim is that these myths are essentially the same story as the New Testament's narrative of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As Dan Brown claims in the Da Vinci Code, nothing in Christianity is original. Write down what would you say? Okay, stop. Stop. People still writing. You believe that? People still writing. Man, what would you say? Love is love. We should not accept intolerant views. Black lives matter. What do you say? Tell me more. Look, when somebody makes a statement, you have about 10 seconds to respond. You have about 10 seconds to respond. Right? You don't want to be one of those people, the person makes this mythology statement about Jesus, and 30 minutes later, you're like, oh, hey, hey, Leland, what'd you mean by that? And they're like, what? 10 seconds. And that's how long you had. But all you needed to write down was what? What do you mean by that? That's all you have to write down. And there were multiple things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's multiple things. And so for me, I would just grab one of those. Instead of trying to break this whole thing down and say, well, who's Osiris and, and where do they live and, and all that other stuff, right? It's just like, so you mean Jesus, you think he's a myth? Is, is that what, what do you mean? And let them explain that about what they mean about the mythology of Jesus. Like I said, there's multiple things up there you could grab onto. What would you grab onto, Kevin? I can ask him because I know he does tactics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? I want to know more about the sources. Okay. Other than a popular movie and a 
Yeah. Okay, yeah. Hey, who are these people? What are those myths? That's a good one. Oh, that's an excellent one. What do you mean that nothing in Christianity is original? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. He's my brother. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, and you've got. Um, so ask questions again. There's a lot in there that you can ask a question about. That conversation can go a long time. A long time. So we just need, don't be blown away by the sources and all of the big words and all that. Other. Grab something that you're like, oh, I can get that. So what do you mean by mythology? What do you mean by that? Help me understand. And we get to move into those. And that starts the conversation. Questions? Okay. And I would probably guess that they wouldn't know where to start trying to break that down. So then what question would you ask? I'm not denying that that's not the case. Tell me what you mean by that. Okay. That's right. Because we can sit there and say, wow, you're just, you're just hitting talking points right now. Well, you just made a statement. You didn't ask a question, right? And remember, tactics is about asking questions. Because if you make a statement, you have to defend the statement. And that's... That's not what we're after. We, we're not really interested in a conversation about mythology. Mythology becomes the road to get to the gospel. Right? And so I think you're right. And anyway, we'll get to that point. Uh, but like I said, you got 10 seconds. When something comes up that comes, you got 10 seconds to respond. It's 10 seconds. It's longer than what you think, but it's not long enough for you to come up with a rebuttal. Okay? So examples, we looked at this, love is love, right? Uh, we should not accept intolerant views. I'm tempted to go somewhere else, but I'm not because it's not asking questions and Black Lives Matter. So we go, what do you mean by that? Again, everything's what do you mean by that? Okay. So, now, you, now you're going to pair up at your tables. I'm going to put something up there, an example. And then you're going to go, somebody is going to sit there and say that. You can read it, whatever you need to do. And then your partner is going to respond. Okay? If there's three at the table, then you know, one gets to observe. If you're on your island back there... Hey, I feel it. I got it. I'm an island person. <laughs> All right. So you're at a party and someone says to the group in general, I don't believe in God anymore. It's not rational and there is no proof. Right. And then there's that dreaded, awkward silence. It's like, um, what do you say? Walk through that with each other. Okay. So are we talking about the question or are we just talking right now? <laughs> We've already moved beyond. Okay. So, which, when you asked, what do you mean by that? Hopefully, that's what everybody asked. What do you mean by that? Which piece did you grab onto? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so what do you mean by 
rational or proof. Well, we got, we latched on to anymore. Hey, tell me your story. What's your road? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. Okay. Yeah, that's a great one, right? Because nobody knows more about that person's journey than them. And so that, that's a great one. I mean, any of those you can get, you can go and they'll work, but that one will really get them talking. Because then, you know, what, happen, what can come out in that is, you know, you may find out that, wow, they've been hurt by the church, Right? That they were never accepted, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I mean, you have these options, but that's a good one. What do you mean by that? Tell me about that anymore. What was it like? Yeah. And so, again, this, this guy that I was talking to, I mean, that's kind of his story. He's sitting there saying that, and I'm like, wow, you know what? He was just telling me. And he's just talking on and on and on. And then, you know, as the conversation went back, he's like, well, you don't understand. I said, you know, I think I do understand. Because I used to be you. I used to be the guy asking and wanting all of that proof. Right? I used to be that guy. Another good thing that, again, this is on the rational and the proof. And, you know, a secondary question on that can be, you know, what would you consider to be proof? Right? What would you consider to be proof? <coughs> and then a follow-up to that would be, if I could give you proof, would you give your life to Jesus? Well, it depends on what the proof is. Or sometimes I've heard, no, there's not enough proof in the world that I would give my life to Jesus. And I'm like, so what is it that we're having a conversation about? You know, at that point in time, that's really not, there's not much value in carrying that conversation on. You know, let's talk football. Let's talk buffalo wings. Let's talk something that we can both enjoy because this is not going to go anywhere because there's not enough proof in the world that you would accept. But we don't know that until we start asking those questions. Okay? Questions? All right. Another example. You're in a small Bible study group. The topic of the Great Commission comes up, and someone's new to the group says, who are we to say Christianity is better than any other religion? I think the foundation of Jesus' teaching is love, the same as all religions. It's not our job to tell people how to live or believe. Go. Talk through that one. All right. How about this one, right? What do you mean by that? What did you grab onto? What'd you grab onto? Oh, uh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. Hey, I've been there. I have been there. Oh, yeah, what is our job? And I said, have you ever heard of the Great Commission? That's what it was. Okay, so what is our job? We have a direct moral imperative to go out and share the gospel with people. Okay, that's a good question. What is our job? Mark? Okay. And that's all good. Remember, ask the question, let them respond. Right. That was the yeah. 
Okay, yeah, so if that's the path you're going, then that should, you listen, you find out, okay, what's the response? You may be able to get there on your very next question. It may take another question. So that's good. You're thinking about where you want it to go? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and those are good. Yeah, what is better? And, okay, so what is it that you do think? And those are all good questions that we ask. What do you mean by, and then you pick out something that's, that, you know, that you may be. Say that again, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yes. We discussed this. Uh, how did you conclude that all religions are the same? That's a good one. Yeah, and that's good. Love is love, right? What, you know, what does that even mean? You know, you, we have to define love. And again, and so it's like, well, I just think love is we accept everybody the way they are, which is, which is fair. Okay, I got that. And so where do you, where, where does that come from? That we should, well, Jesus loved everybody. You know, and so then you can begin to, well, you know, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Right? And so you can begin, to, the conversation can continue to go on as long as you listen. You do need to know some things, right? Yeah. <laughs> move on. You, you want me to move on or you just... All right, raise your hand when you think about it. Okay, we'll come back to that. Even if it's 30 minutes later, it's okay. Okay. All right. Good. I think this is the last example that we're going to do on this question. You're talking with a friend, and you ask them, hey, you ask them to come to church with you, and they say, I'm Catholic. How do you respond? Or they could say, I'm Mormon, or I'm... Buddhist or I'm a Jehovah's Witness, whatever it is, you can fill in the blank. I'm not just picking on Catholics or anything, okay? <laughs> How do you respond? I'm Catholic. All right. How do we, what's our response on this one here? Let's bring it back in. This is a short one, right? And you guys are talking longer. This is okay. <laughs> what do we, what do we, what's, what's this one? One, has anybody ever heard this before? Something like, oh, well, I'm Catholic. So what's our response? <laughs> what's that got to do with anything, right? No. Okay. Not a good question. <laughs> no. Just... I just don't know. We, did, we had Lutheran neighbors, and they told us, you know, they didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Okay. What else? 
Okay, where do you go, church? That's a good one. Anything else? Yeah, man, what a great one. It said, well, what does that mean to be Catholic? Help me understand. And don't say Catholic. Don't say it like that, right? <laughs> you don't want to say that. It's like, what does that mean to be Catholic? Help me understand. Well, it is. and we, Yeah, you know what? I mean, we find that in all kinds of faiths. And again, this is years ago. Anna and I we were out in the reservation, and uh, the Navajo reservation, and uh, we're doing some teaching. And, and one of the Navajos said, well, can we be Navajo and Christian? And I'm like, man, that's a great question. What does it mean to be Navajo? And they probably spent the next 15, 20 minutes explaining to me what it meant to be Navajo. It was fascinating. And I learned so much. And so, man, we, man, the conversation went on, and they were telling me about, you know, the, the powwows and, and the, the smudging. It's what's called smudging. And, you know, they put sage in a pot, and it smokes, and it cleanses them all evil spirits. And, and, so, and so, what's that? Well, you know, what I told them was, I, you know, we, they, would, they would mention something, and I'm like, yeah, that's smudging. Yeah, stop that. Yeah, stop that. You can't, yeah, that's, that's wicked. Only Jesus can cleanse you from your sins, and there ain't no, no sage, no smudging, no mudding, nothing like that. It's not going to save you. You know, but then they were, we were going through, well, how about, you know, can we powwow? Well, what's, what's powwow? You know, and that's the, the big gathering where they do these dances and everything, and I'm like, well, um, I mean, what's the purpose for the dances? And each dance signifies something. And so there were some dances, I'm like, yeah, you, nope, stop that. Yeah, that one's okay, I think. You know, it's, but by asking, man, you learn a wealth of information. What does that mean to be Catholic? And is, are we just nominal Catholics? Right? I mean, me growing up, I mean, we were Catholics, but we just said that to people to shut them up. <laughs> that they would go away. I'm Catholic. And it worked. It really worked. And oftentimes, I mean, that's what will give a response. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm Catholic. What does that mean? And then you'll find out whether they really know what it means to be Catholic or they're just giving you a response just to get you away from the door. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Wait, I got to find one. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So just ask the question, what does that mean? And then whatever it is. Man, that, that gets the conversation going. And please refrain from trying to, okay, I listened to you, now let me tell you. Refrain from that. Right? And, don't, and, and I'm guilty of this. It's just like I'm not really listening to what Kevin's saying. I'm just thinking about my next response. And I don't care what he says. I know what my next response is. It's like, what does that got to do with what I just said? I don't know, but that's my next response. Yeah, we, we don't want that. Listen. Show honor. Show respect. Show that they're valued. Because, you know, the conversation may not go the way you want it to go. But if you've left the door open for further conversations, that's a win. That's a win. 
But man, if, if they, man, you are nuts. I never want to talk to you again. That was not a good conversation. That was not a good conversation to have. Okay? Questions on question number one. What, would, what do you mean by that? Let me see what we got. Okay, we'll jump into question number two. We probably, we won't, we won't get through this, but keep your sheets for next week and then we'll just pick up wherever we left off. How did you come to that conclusion? So they, I'm Catholic. What does that mean to be Catholic? And then they tell you, and it's like, well, how did you come to be Catholic? Right? And that's how we would refer, you know, we would answer that. We would respond to that. Right? And if you ever spend any time in a, we go to Honduras, we've been to Honduras, a heavily Catholic country, and, and man, we just hear that, well, I'm Catholic. Except they say it in Spanish, right? I'm Catholic. Well, what does that mean to be Catholic? Well, my mom and dad are Catholic. Oh. But what does that mean to be Catholic? Well, my grandma and grandpa are Catholic. Well, what, does, what does that mean? You know, it's more of a tradition. It's because Nemo and Papa wore, mom and dad is, than I am. It's, that's how I was raised, right? And you'll get, you know, if you're raised in a Muslim country, you're most likely going to be Muslim. If you're raised in a Catholic country, you're most likely going to be Catholic. But how? So it's just, if you were in another country, then you could be something else? Again, so we ask questions along those lines. How did you come to that conclusion, right? And we're asking questions. This does several things for us. One, it allows you to gain further understanding why the person believes the claim they made. Why they believe the claim that they made. And again, you may find out that they don't really even believe what, know what Catholics believe. Okay. Right, which would hopefully lead to some more questions. So then you could believe something else. Yes? Right. It also reveals that they, or it could reveal that they've not really given it much thought, right? And they're just repeating a talking point that they've heard. Kind of like with the mythology one. They just laid that out, and they're just kicking out talking points. And again, with this guy, I mean, it, we're having this conversation a couple of weeks ago, and and you know, about the possibilities of how the, how the universe came into existence. And, and he, he, he was thinking his stick in the ground on multiverse, right? And then, all right, I, I just got to, so when I say multiverse, what do you think? I had so many people, what's that? Okay. You know what I heard? It was Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. I, oh, you mean like Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse? And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess they kind of, I guess they kind of talked about that. And so I looked it up today just to make sure I wasn't an idiot or anything talking about this. Um, and it was like, oh, okay. So that was most of the people's response was, oh, it's Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse. But he wasn't there. I mean, he was, he was, this was a legit thing for him. And that's the reason why he didn't believe in God, because multiverse could be the reason for that coming in. Well, that's what eventually what you get to, but we didn't even get to that point. 
Because I was just like, you know, there's, there's no evidence for multiverse, right? Oh, there's all kinds of evidence. Well, share some with me. I'd like, to, I'd like to understand that a little better. What? Multiverse, your evidence. Can you share some of that with me? Did I tell you this last week? Anyway, so he says, and so I'm like, oh, okay. He says, well, um, um, so he pulls out his phone, which is what I would have done. He pulls out his phone, and he's just, and the look on his face just changes, and you're like, hey, what does it say? Um, well, I was asking AI, my chat GPT, well, what, what's, what's chat GPT saying about multiverse? Well, I'll just read it to you. All right. At this point in time, there's currently no evidence for multiverse. This is where he's, there's no God because multiverse. Right? Asking questions, help me understand. What was he doing? Man, he was just spitting out a talking point that he's heard somebody else say and nobody else could answer as far as in the Christian realm. Nobody else can answer, so he keeps bringing it up. And so I told him, I says, the issue isn't multiverse. Because honestly, if there was evidence for multiverse, it's just, you know what? The same God who made this universe made those millions of other universes. Right? I said, the issue isn't evidence for multiverse. The issue is, is there's no evidence yet you're staking your eternity on that. And yet I've given you evidence for the God of all creation, and yet you don't accept that. That's the problem. See, you've just proven a part of the Bible true. This is what? And I said, this isn't an intellectual issue. This is a heart issue. And the Bible says the heart is wicked and deceitful beyond all things. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Man, you are proving God's word true. Right? And so we just, they throw things out there. It's just a talking point. And hopefully that'll, that'll end this discussion. Or they can use it against Christians because they found that the Christians don't know how to respond. Man, this guy was telling me, he says, I have talked with a dozen pastors, ministers in Memphis. And I'm asking them these questions and they can't answer them. And I said, that's not against God. That's against them. That's not a mark against God of all creation. That's against them. And he said, well, I just think they're lazy and they're not willing to do the hard work. And he said, you may be right. But I've answered your questions. What are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do? Right? So we just throw that out there because I've stumped Christians on it before. And sometimes when we get to this question, we're going to find out. Well, how'd you come to that conclusion? And so that becomes the point that we want to ask. Questions on this? I think I'm going to stop at this point at 7.32. Bart? I have one observation. I just want to say that I enjoy this a lot more 
Yeah, yeah, it would be. And you know what? If you teach them these questions, right? They do it. Yep. You teach them these questions, they'll do it. And you arm people with that. Like I said, there's not many conversations that I'm going to shirk from. Because all I got to do is ask questions and listen to you talk. And I can keep asking questions. And if you can ask the questions and you can get them to come to the conclusion themselves, so much better. So much better. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Just don't be annoying like the two-year-old is, right? All right. At the end of that sheet that I've just given you, there are, I think there's five links. Anyway, you could go to whatwouldyousay.org, and they have got those, man, those look, they're five-minute videos each, and it's how to have a conversation. A lot of these things that, you're, that we're going to cover are repeated in there. It's just good reinforcement. Man, I would encourage you to go listen to those. What would you say.org? Like I said, they're about five minutes. They're, trust me, those are gold. They're worth having. If your kids are struggling with this type of thing, let them watch it. Um, man, this is, it's, it's a gold mine to learn to ask these questions because you will get to that point in your conversation where you get to say, man, can I tell you what I believe? Right? Because that's all we're responsible for. Is sharing the gospel. We don't save anybody. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But we are responsible for proclaiming the message. This will help regardless of where you're at. This will help get you into those gospel conversations. Any other questions? Let me close with a prayer. Blessed Father, Lord, we just, we just exalt you. We magnify you. I just pray your blessings upon these people, Lord, that you would strengthen them, you would walk with them, you would shine your face upon them and be gracious to them, Lord. Let your countenance be lifted up to them, and Lord, may your peace overwhelm them as they go through this week, Lord, knowing that uh, you will never leave them nor forsake them, but that you are with them always until the end. We love you, Lord Jesus, and it's in your beautiful and magnificent name we ask these things. Amen.